We're talking edge. We're talking edge of. We're talking edge of tomorrow and the way way back on episode 114 of Have You Seen. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 114 of Have You Seen. I am Kieran Lefort, standing on the edge of tomorrow, and way, way back over there is Tom Webb. Hello. Who is not amused. No, nah, not really. No? Oh. <laughs> he was a proper diva before we went on there. He demanded chocolate biscuits. Yeah, absolutely. And now he should be thankful this is not a visual medium, given the large gob of dark chocolate under yep. his bottom lip. Yeah. Nice. Good. Mm, tasty. Um, so, two wildly different films mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Shall we start with Way, Way Back? Yeah, okay. Okay, fancy recapping? Yeah, sure. Um, It's made made by the people that did uh, Juno and Little Miss Sunshine. Um, One I've never seen, one I'm a big fan of. Yeah, same here. Um, I think that it's got the same kind of tone as those movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the basic premise is a shy 14-year-old uh, is on his uh, summer holidays and his mum and her new boyfriend take the family to the boyfriend's uh, summer vacation home. Mm. Um, and he's a bit overbearing and a bit, I don't know, he can't, he's sort of slightly overstepping his bounds in the parenting front. Yeah, boyfriend. a little bit. Uh, at this stage in the relationships, mm. um, which is obviously uh, putting our, our lead, uh, Duncan, kind of on the back foot, putting mm. up a bit. I don't really like the guy. So, because um, he's having a bit of a rough time, he uh, decides to just kind of try and disappear. And he, he finds solace in uh, Owen, who is played by... Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, who's the owner of a water park, who kind of effectively gives him a job and just kind of becomes a bit of a a, a life mentor for mm. him even though he hasn't really grown up himself yeah um yeah so it's 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 a very kind of a, a dramatic premise if you like mm. um but it's done with humor and uh it's uh it's a drama accomplished in a comedic fashion exactly yeah, yeah. it's not i don't like i say i don't think it's as absurd or as laugh out loud funny as little miss sunshine no but it is funny and it's 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 got a very kind of gentle way about it i mm. think um i really really enjoyed it i thought it was a really nice kind of coming of age story and mm. um, what did you think well i don't get on well with american coming of age no, stories as we have uh, uh discovered yeah. on this show um this is fine. Right. I wasn't blown away. Okay. It's the kind of thing I'll happily carry on watching if it shows up on TV. Yeah. Um, uh, eight minutes in and Alison Janney had completely stolen the show with yeah. her first scene. Yeah, she does. She really kind of pulls off that uh, mm. kind of very uh, A-type personality, centre yes. of attention. She is... Uh, She's the alcohol-fueled next-door neighbour, isn't mm. she? Single mother. Yeah, quite, yeah. you know, aggressively sexual. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't actually have many notes, mostly right. because most of the film was taken up with my girlfriend trying to steal my iPad off me and write her own notes. Right. Um, which amounts to things like, I've hijacked your iPad. Right. Uh, and hairy back, because she notices someone with a very hairy back. Right. Um. Who else did I know? I just, 
things I noticed. Uh, mm. Steve Carell's tan is out of control. <laughs> he looks yeah. like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I, I really. He's he's definitely playing against type. Well, he's doing that a lot recently. He has, yeah. He's really making a push to break away from being yeah. um, the guy on the office who's now Michael Scott. Yeah, uh, yeah, that the kind of the goofy Anchorman esque mm, mm. humor. Uh, I think it was interesting. He's kind of done his stepping stone of this, which is humorous but mm. not outrageously funny. Mm. But he's, I mean, his characters are quite a bit of a dick, really. Yeah. So he's kind of got that to play with. Dark the underneath of his character was in Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, that, well, I guess that is true. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I guess it's in a similar vein. The, the I guess these are the stepping stones to Foxcatcher. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just really kind of proving his range, really, mm. and you know he's doing it very, very well. Yeah, I thought Sam Rockwell makes a fantastic, charismatic manchild douchebag. Yes, yeah, I think I, I can't really think of anything where Sam Rockwell is bad. No, at all. No, even like Seven Psychopaths, which I didn't particularly like. Mm. He's still I good at it. Watching that. Yeah, again, that again, that's disappointing. Mm. From what from the what it could be, you know. So same with uh, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's not a good film. No, it's terrible. But he is like in overdrive rock star yes, mode. Absolutely, he was a great choice for that role. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, there are lots of great jokes around eighties uh, middle of the road rock. <laughs> yeah. Like um, uh, just Duncan uh, kind of obliviously singing Ario Speedwagon full blast laying on top of the car. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Kiri jokes, mm. uh, where where um, oh, what's her name? Amanda Peet's character yeah. is convinced that the lyrics are "carry a laser," yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they do all the Bonnie Tyre and Footloose stuff. Yeah, uh, like where, he's, where um, Rockwell's like, "I'm holding out for a hero." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I just kind of, I don't really, know. I just kind of absorbed it. I think. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean. It's... I don't really have any great comment on it. I mean, it's no. all about. Um, it's one of those sort of character things. It kind of just it pulls you in, mm. and it keeps you there, mm. and and you, you you enjoy it. But it's not. It doesn't really kind of like mm. you know. It, it's just a really good character stuff. Yeah, I liked. I, uh, I also really liked um, Jim Rash as the uh, um, the water park employee who can never seem to leave. Yes. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I'll just stay here in my booth that nobody ever comes to. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. Uh, it's like about a completely dead man. Um, when Sam Rockwell makes a joke about his mother and he just says, I don't have a mum, I have two dads in your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah uh, have you his... ever seen Community? I started watching it. Because he's the dean of the college on right, that. That's okay. uh, rocky, but yeah. has moments of absolute brilliance. In yeah, it. I can't, it was one of those shows. It's kind of like, I can see that this is going to have very, very high moments, but yes. I can't be bothered with the rest the of it. The main problem with that show is the reason it got commissioned and the reason it's going to die, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Uh, because like, that is a show that is beset by behind-the-scenes problems all the time. Because of him. Yeah. yeah. And it shows they show on screen in the inconsistency of it. Really? But once you get to things like the zombie episodes are brilliant, uh, the paintball episodes are brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think the, paintball epi- the first paintball episode is directed by Justin Lin, who did all of, like half the Fast and Furious yeah, movies. Yeah, I think he. Did, it was. It, I, I was reading something about that. Oh, uh, I, no, it might not actually be him. It might be the Russos that just did Captain America. Oh, it might. Be, yeah, it's it's people who then. Yeah. 
did like big name action yeah, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. It was yeah. Because I'm was, sure Justin Lin's directed some. I think he has. Yeah, but I think they did the paint one. Because I see, I was when mm. I when I watched um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, I was looking into them. Like, yeah, reading some of their their trivia stuff. Um, I don't really have much else. It's just uh, it's a it's an interesting look at responsibility. Because it's a 14-year-old yes. getting his first responsibility with his first job yeah. at this place, but all the adults around him are completely shirking theirs. Absolutely, yeah. In that... all possible ways. Yeah, I, th- I think Because what... we haven't even touched upon, like, it's mentioned that Steve Carell is sleeping with Amanda Peet's character yeah. and has been for several years. Like, they yeah. hook up every, every time. Summer, they, yeah, yeah, every summer. Yeah, and it also, I think, like you say, um, all of the adults are like, you need to grow up, you need to be responsible, mm, you mm. need to do this, you need to do that, and then are just not, Leading by example Leading at by, all. Yeah. No. Um, and then when he meets this kind of carefree Sam Rockwell, it's like, oh, mm. well, you know, you're obviously like me and you're yes. doing all right, even though he's not really. But it appears to be. But it appears yeah. to be, yeah. 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 I, I just, it's like I say, it's one of those things that you just kind of, you watch and you enjoy and it's mm. just, it's kind of very gentle, really nice. And it's just beautifully acted, I think. And I do like wonky-eyed Peter. <laughs> Like the constant, the constant jokes yeah. about his eye, and then when Sam Rockwell was like, "That thing's yeah. awesome," yeah, I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just, just the horrible things that Alison Janney, who's yeah. his mother, says yeah. to him, it's just like, wow, you, you know, you can have <laughs> your eye makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. You need to wear your eye patch. Um, yeah, like yeah, I think. It, it's yeah, it's a good car. It's definitely worth a watch. I think if you want something that's kind of gentle but absorbing, and it's um, you know, you you want to watch something that's not action. It's mm. not, but it's not tragedy. It's yeah, you know, it's drama, but it's it's uh, you know, nice. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, and I not, really don't know how to pin it down. It's good, but I'm not in- massively enthusiastic about yeah, it. I, yeah, like, I, I would exactly very happily watch it many times. Yes, I totally agree with you. It's a really good, well-made film, yeah. but it's not. It's it's going to leave you feeling kind of comfy and nice, but yeah. it's not going to get you excited. It's not going to you know outrage you. It's not going to yeah. you know. Yeah, which is sometimes exactly what, what you want from a film. Absolutely. A bit in the same way Robot and Frank does. Although that's got a bit more of a message. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I got that same so. kind of feel to it. Yeah. It just kind of, it's kind of nice and, and warm. Yes. Yeah. So, well, I guess that's it, really. I suppose, yeah. yeah. All right. So, let's rewind to the beginning of the day. Yes. And we'll talk about Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. So, at some point in the future, aliens have invaded... Mm-hmm. Um, and they are destroying us. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise is a military officer with little to no field experience. I think he's a former ad exec whose um, whose company yeah. went under. Lost when... his company, but his talents were spotted. Yes. Yeah. So he's. Um, I think I said last week he's the handsome face of the military that gets trotted out on TV whenever they need a soundbite. Yeah. And at the beginning, you see those soundbites regurgitated by other yes. officers as well on TV. Yeah. Um. There are a series of unfortunate circumstances uh, involving Brendan Gleeson mm. uh, that mean he gets um, chucked out on the battlefield in this robotic exoskeleton uh, and gets killed and then wakes up at the beginning of that day. Yeah. Um, and he basically has to use his new found Groundhog Day power mm. uh, to find the woman who... Uh, has handed the aliens their only defeat so far yeah. um, and work out with her how to beat them. Yeah. And in the process, man up, really. Yes, yeah. 
So that's about it. I described it as Groundhog Day meets Halo. Yes. Uh, in actual fact, um, those exoskeleton suits, mm. uh, the design has been practically copied for the new Call of Duty Advanced Warfare game. Oh, really? Which, yeah. Huh. It sees you running around in, in giant, exo- exo- not fighting right. aliens, but running yeah, around yeah. in giant exoskeletons. Um, I really enjoyed it as a big, ridiculous blockbuster that, um, but isn't stupid. Yeah. Um, like I said, it fulfills all the criteria of being a massive special effects film. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still. I don't want to. Say, I don't know if I want to say makes sense, but kind of <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. No, I think it yeah. does. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. And I, I, what I, I have the same feeling you as you do. It's a huge action movie. That's really well constructed. Mm. It's very lean, even though it's almost two hours long. Yeah, there's, there's nothing in it that isn't needed to be there. No, look, if you look at it, you can't think of anything. We think, well, that could have been the deleted exactly, scenes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the things I really, really liked about it. Firstly, Tom Cruise, mm. because you get that opening montage of him being this cocky sound bites, and you're yeah. like, that's Tom, that's Tom Cruise. That's and Tom Cruise on the red carpet. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, well, it's, uh, Tom Cruise again. That's Tom yeah. Cruise. But then. They absolutely cut him down into this cowardly little man. Yeah. Um, and then he slowly kind of gets built up again. Because uh, there's a whole scene of him uh, him and Gleason with him trying, trying to, to get out of this exactly, order yeah. he's if, been given. Effectively begging. And it, yes. was, it was really he's nice. He's resorting to blackmail yeah. to get out of it. And it was really kind of nice to see him become that person because it was so... I don't want to say jarring, but it's so not what you expect Tom Cruise to be like mm. in an action movie mm. he's starring in. Um, and then obviously he does become the Tom Cruise you expect to star in an action movie, but it's like you see that Tom Cruise created. Yes. Which I think works really, really well. The editing is fantastic mm. because the trouble with Groundhog-esque day films mm. is that by their very nature you have to see the same thing over and over, over again. again and there are ways around it you can see it from different camera angles you can see it from different people's points of view but this does it really 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 well mm. by only really kind of showing you he's woken up and then the essential parts you need that are effectively yeah. different um which means the editing is very choppy and some of those days are literally just wake up bang dead uh, wake up bang dead and it just yeah. it works really really well and you never at no point do you lose track of what his what knowledge his character has on those given days no because but it does another trick mostly towards the end mm. where it makes you think this is the first time he's living that day yes, but it's not, not. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and that's when what I really like is that it, it starts to trick you a little bit but mm. in a in a good way mm. like that you start to think oh right okay so this is the first time they've got this far and then it's oh no it isn't he's just playing along mm. with her so that you know she thinks that it is for a specific reason. Yeah. Um, we should kind of get into, like, okay, he um, he gets this power yeah. uh, because uh, when he dies, it's in the process of killing um, what they call the alpha mimic, yeah. which are blue colored rather than orange colored, yeah. and their blood mixes. Yeah. Um, and the blue ones are connected to something called the Omega, which has which has its power to reset the they day. They all are. Yeah. They are all connected to... Yes. Every single one is connected to the to the, the basically the yes. big boss. Um, 
But if an alpha dies, the omega knows that something is really wrong and yes. resets the day and yes. they do it again. So they could, they always win, basically. Yes. And it's kind of like when you're pl- sitting it playing is a, a video computer game, game yeah. and you die and you just start again from the on checkpoint. That, from that checkpoint yeah. again. Um, and you have to learn the patterns. And, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so they do that really, yeah, really Yeah, I'm nicely. playing a sniper game at the moment that's fucking kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing, doing the same things over and over again. <laughs> Um, and I, re- I really, really like that. And they do it without it getting tired, without it getting bored. Mm. The other thing I really, really like about it is that effectively the inevitable romantic love element of it between him and Emily Blunt, mm. which in most action movies becomes very overt in mm. these stressful situations. In this, there's one kiss. And you know why? Why? Because she ad-libbed it. Oh, really? Didn't tell anyone she was going to do it. Right. So there's there's one kiss... And it's basically you're not watching their relationship develop. You're watching him very, very, very gradually fall in love with her. Mm. And it's only at the end where you know, like you you can see that he is absolutely Mm. in love with her. And it's not really kind of rammed down your throat. It's not made really obvious. Unfortunate turn of phrase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not really made very obvious. And it, I just thought it was it was one of those things that it didn't feel like a contractual obligation because it was a Tom Cruise movie that he had to get off with the lead. Yeah. Do you know? So I think... Which is exactly what I felt about Jack Reacher. Reacher. Yeah. 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 It, but to be to be fair, that, that if, it, Jack Reacher is like James Bond. Yeah. There's fine. always going to be the girl that he, he, he gets close to. Or, yes. You know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought, like I said, it's just really well constructed. Mm. And I think it's probably because it could get so complicated... Mm. And because it's quite effects heavy, it's mm. had to be planned so precisely yeah. that they probably didn't shoot much more than yeah. what you see on do you, screen. Do you know what? This was not planned precisely at all. Really? They it threw out the script like about it. three weeks before they started shooting. Wow. They didn't have an ending when they started. So it doesn't feel like that at all. I know. It was all over the place. Wow. The, everything they shot on day one, day two they walked in and Doug Lyman, the director, went, we're doing all that again. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, like this should not have been made. No, um, it cost, like I said, it cost like something like one hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Yeah, um, has made, has pulled in in box office almost half a billion dollars, and is really? still considered um, a not a success. Yeah, yeah, it's really odd. I think um, I really, really enjoyed it, mm. and I, I will, I'll definitely buy it. Mm. Uh, it's you can get it for less than a tenner on Blu-ray from Amazon. That's yeah. where mine came from. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? We have something we haven't mentioned that's relatively important is that um, Emily Blunt's character Rita used to have this power. Yes, and yeah. she imparts a bit of wisdom. It's like if you get hurt, you have to kill, kill yourself. yourself. Yeah, because if you receive a blood transfusion like I did, this goes away. Yeah, and then yeah. towards the end, he gets injured and, and has a blood a- transfusion, and it goes away. And I tell you what, that I. So you kind of think, okay, we're in a situation here. Technically, our hero can't die. Yeah. So he's not really in any jeopardy because the whole point is that sometimes he has to die to mm. get to the next mm. step. And it, and I it didn't I didn't really think about it until it happened that when they take that about take that power away, you're like, oh my god, now the stakes are real. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and the and it then makes the final sequence so much more tense because mm. you're like he can't die yeah he must not die because then it's over 
And that I thought. Well, the uh, the aliens even kind of they sort of use that to their advantage. Like they, uh, he gets visions. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, yeah. The aliens start to work out ways to to effectively get the power back. Yes, they 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 trap him. Yeah. Um. Uh. And he realizes it's a trap and yeah. finds a way to kill himself to get out of it. Yeah. And then they they figure out. Oh, actually. Yeah. The reason she lost her power was because she was actually tra- tricked into it. But it mm. wasn't. It wasn't until he figures it out that she understands that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. There are a couple of things I don't like. Right. I don't like Tom Cruise walking away from being on the front of a car that smashes through a brick wall with no ill effects. Right. He's on the bonnet when yeah. he gets cast through the garage wall yeah. in uh, wherever they are in France. Yeah. Uh, and then gets off, stumbles a bit, and then just runs into battle. Yeah. Not impressed. And I was so annoyed when I got to the end right. because I think I found a big mistake in it. Really? Yeah. At the end, yeah, um, when they kill off the aliens, mm-hmm. Cage's day resets. Yes, uh, and he starts at the beginning of day one again. Yeah, the news then mentions a massive surge of energy in Paris. Yeah, but that won't happen till the end of day one. In actual fact, they don't set off for that mission to Paris until three hours before they're supposed to invade the beach on the second day. So he goes back to the beginning of the first day. And the news mentions his victory, which hasn't happened yet. That's a- he wakes up at the beginning of the wrong day. Because he, when he... Yeah, I think when you're, he does, I think you're I should, right. I'm I, should, to- I, should, I should explain and spoil it more. When he kills the Omega, there's another yeah. Alpha jumping, in with, uh, jumping into the water with him. The grenade goes off. He dies. The Alpha dies. Their bloods mix, mix again. Yeah. And he wakes up so- on the same helicopter that he was on. At the, at the beginning, very the beginning. very beginning of the film, which is day one, when he gets sent to the beach to start with, he should wake up at the beginning of day two after his victory. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's if there's anything where I didn't have time to go back and watch that section for a third time, but so I tell you, I was so pissed off that I noticed it because I really like this film. And now I'm like, eh, now you killed it in the last five minutes. I'm trying to work it out if there is a, if there is a logical reasoning for it. Mm. And I don't think there is. No. It might be interesting. We should do some research online, see if anyone else has picked that out and wonders and if anyone's got a solution for it. Because mm. it would be a shame. Yeah. Would be a shame. Although, having said that, uh, well, I guess in theory, in theory, if the Omega dies, it could reset. Not necessarily, it could reset to the last time the Omega reset it, which would be that morning. Potentially. But then... His victory hasn't happened. So then we're presented with a different problem. So that's a different problem. It either hasn't happened yet, or if the Omega resets, then it doesn't happen at all. And he's still going to have to do it all again. Damn you, paradoxes. Yeah. Yeah. The trouble with time travel. I think we should just forget about that. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, it's the old grandfather comp- complex, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah. And it seems like Tom Cruise's grandfather is very complex. 
So, two thumbs up for everything so far, I think. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, um, yeah. Do you have anything to pitch? I do, yeah. Would you like to? Yeah, okay. I'll see if I can remember. I, I kind of have like a... I hadn't really decided exactly what it was I was going to pitch. I've kind of got like a bunch of things, but I've, I'm going to go for for something a bit weird. I think. Well, not weird, but a classic. <laughs> it's not weird, but it's a classic. Hang on, I need to spell it right so I can get the. Oh, so there's no actual research gone into this. No notes. Well, my my. Uh, it's not very dedicated. My tablet is is dying on me so I'm having to look things up on my phone I'm going to pitch you mm. <laughs> I'm going to pitch you yet another film from 1971 oh really yeah wow um, I kind you of really a, missed your era didn't I did, you yeah, a kind of a it's a dark comedy right and it's about a a self-destructive, very needy, wealthy teenager who is absolutely obsessed with death. Okay. And he spends his leisure time going to funerals and faking his own death for his own amusement. All right. And he at one of the funerals he meets a 79-year-old woman and they effectively form a relationship together uh, and kind of fall in love. Ew. And uh, it's just it's just kind of weird, but it's very funny. Right. And it's it's a really, really good film. And it's, it's about kind of the nature of relationships and, and mm. how people deal with death and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's called Harold and Maud. And it's, oh, I've heard of this. It's a classic. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, it's by um, Hal Ashby. Mm. Um, stars Bud Court. Mm-hmm. Who you would have seen in uh, Life Aquatic, and mm-hmm. um, he's in Grand Budapest Hotel. He's in a bunch of that kind of mm. thing. Um, Ruth Gordon uh, plays Maud, um, and then it's got a, f- a fairly kind of small cast around that. Um, so his mother is his mother is basically a prototype for. Um, the mum in Arrested Development. Okay. It's pretty much the same character, except she's English. Right. Um, and she's just basically getting to the end of her tether with, with Harold and wants him to go to to see his uncle who's in the army, who's only got one arm, and he's trying to persuade Harold to join the army. Right. And they're trying to just get him to settle down and, you know, you know become normal, basically. Right. But he's he's kind of like a, a, a pre-goth, goth, if right. you like. Um, and it's just it's one of those films that I guess a bit like things like Little Miss Sunshine and The Way Way Back it's just fun, it's like slightly weird and funny and just kind of quirky mm-hmm. and, and, and interesting really I, I, I like it it's, I've watched it a couple of times and um, there are bits that make me laugh out loud and uh you know, there are bits that make me chuckle and there are kind of kind of sweet moments mm. and, and what have you. So it's on UK Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think you'll enjoy it because it's kind of just odd. It's something I've heard of. Yeah, it's kind of... And it's of, kind of like, it's one of those in the back of my mind one day I'll watch this. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those kind of cult movies. It, this is what, more of one of those pictures that you should see. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, just because it's it's quite unique, mm. and it's I think that if you try to make it now, you you'd stumble on the kind of the ethics of the relationship. Whereas uh-huh. in the seventies, it didn't really matter. <laughs> Everybody was banging seven. Well, yeah, and um, it's just really it's really interesting watching this absolutely free spirited uh, septuagenarian. And this kind of this teenager who's full of angst, doesn't know where he fits in and mm. is just becoming obsessed with the darker side of life and the, the way the two kind of fuse and uh, just kind of influence each other, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. Well, um, I had no idea what I was going to pitch you uh, until we did the last show. Right. Um, and we were talking about the terrible action in the machine. Yeah, uh, and how uh, I'd been watching a lot of um, uh, uh, short action films by yes a particular a particular director and a particular guy and a group of people. Yeah, um, so you're getting two films this week. Okay, but don't worry because the longest one is only 18 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, there's a guy named Eric Jacobus. Yeah, uh, who runs a group called the Stunt People right. in the Bay Area in California. Yeah, uh, and basically they make I guess they're just like little Jackie Chan tribute okay, things. Like right. that's what they love and yeah. that's what they're very good at. It. Okay. Um, and one of their films is basically my favorite video that went on the internet in 2013. Wow. Okay. And then a month or so ago, they released the sequel. Okay. So you get Rope-A-Dope and Rope-A-Dope 2. Right. Nice. Uh, and this stylistic, stylistically, thematically, plot rip fits in <laughs> with... Um, uh, fits in with Edge of Tomorrow, right? Um, because uh, Eric Jacobus plays the dope. Mm. Um, he's a clumsy layabout who falls foul of the local badass martial arts gang right. or marital arts gang, as my <laughs> iPad has chosen. <laughs> um, uh, during their first encounter, he gets knocked out, right? Uh, and when he wakes up, his day is reset, right? Nice. And he now uses this knowledge. Uh, of this and his knowledge of his encounter with the gang to get in shape, train himself to fight and get the better of them. Right, awesome. Um, And then the sequel uh, picks up where that finishes. Right. So it's no, it's not really spoiling anything to say he defeats the gang Mm. in the first one. Um, And the second one, he's to be honoured by the mayor for ridding the city of the gang that they're they're calling the Martial Arts Mafia. Right. the lead thug, however, gets between him and the ceremony, and he is now also res- um, experiencing these knockout resets. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it's um, There's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, in total, it'll take you about 40 minutes to watch the right. whole lot. Cool. Um, the fight choreography is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's I'd say it's on a par with the best mid-80s Golden Age Hong Kong stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, because that's what they love. Yeah, yeah. I guess, um, I mean, in my head, that's kind of what I hold in the highest esteem, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And this this stuff is, you know, this is this is up there with it. Right. Like, you, you won't see... Very often, if you watch um, amateur martial arts films, there can be some good stuff in there, but there'll be yeah. these little holes. But yeah. this is, like, everything is seamless, yeah. like... Um, I think you often find with with 
that level of stuff you have there are one or two great moments in a fight but it's mm. the stitching it together mm. and the moving from place to place and the moving from move to move yes that's very stilted mm. no this is this this stuff is seamless like right. in, the editing in particular is spot on right. it's edited exactly as you would expect yeah those kind of like jackie chan and summer hung yeah. fight scenes to be edited mm. um Jacobus himself, he's an incredibly skilled screen fighter mm. uh, and just a really kind of likable, natural, comedic presence. Right. Uh, it also helps him that he looks just like a springy little Bruce Campbell. <laughs> right. um, the final fight, I've only watched the second one twice. The second time was again today mm. so I could do this pitch. The final fight of that film is just is astonishing and I have right. no idea why this crew aren't getting paid massive money to do this for mainstream yeah. Hollywood films. Yeah. Um, they have, uh, a couple of years ago, they made a feature film. So they make lots of these shorts and just stick them right. on YouTube. But a couple of years ago, they made a feature film called Death Grip, right. um, uh, which I think is about a caterer at a museum who has to foil a heist. <laughs> right. um, uh, and I, uh, they've released that um, themselves on DVD and Blu-ray, and I've seen right. like trailers and bits from it, and it looks top, like a, a proper top-notch professional movie. Right, okay. Uh, I want to try and get hold of a copy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put links to these up on our site okay, so cool, yeah. everybody, everybody can, can watch, watch them. Yeah. Um, and if you like them, I also recommend trying to find um, Future Boss, right. which is um, uh, Google Glass teaches Kung Fu. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's the in uh, some old Kung Fu movies, there's the trope of uh, like the Kung Fu manual will get ripped yeah, apart course, and the hero yeah. is finding the pages and learning the moves to uh, fight as yeah. he goes. Yeah. Well, this is an expansion of that where a guy is watching <laughs> YouTube videos while he's in the middle of a fight. Brilliant. Um, Paper Pushers, which is right. a job interview becomes into a fight, turns into a fight to the death. All right. Uh, and they put one recently called Beard Off, right. uh, which is the man locked in an internal battle with himself over possession of his facial hair. <laughs> Um, they also released this week and I haven't got around to watching it yet Sensitive 70s Turtleneck Tough Guys <laughs> which appears to be a 70s cop spoof Brilliant. where everybody's got big porno stashes uh, and turtlenecks yeah. and massive revolvers and nice. that kind of thing excellent um, yeah they they owe they owe Rope It Open Rope It Open 2 in particular owe a lot to um, the Buster Keaton stuff that yeah. that Jackie Chan also springboarded off it's yeah. like, like I said there's no dialogue for any of it hmm. Um it's lots of physical silent comedy. It's lots of repeated jokes uh, right. with um, um, with twists and that kind of thing. There's mm -hmm. like the the running gag of him constantly being hate, being hit in the face with the newspaper from the passing paperboy every time he wakes up, <laughs> right. and how he tries to deal with that. His <laughs> yeah. um, growing anger at his alarm clock. <laughs> um, yeah, and just how um, how he has to try and manipulate the situation with the gang yeah uh, like every time he learns a uh, he learns a new move he's only got so far through the fight right uh, so he has no there comes a point where he has no idea what's going to come next <laughs> right. um yeah it's just uh it's very clever and then like i said the second one just logically f follows on from that yeah. and uh i don't think it's quite as good but it is still an excellent right. short right. film cool so that's our lot i think yeah so as we say every episode if you've seen Harold and Maud or Rope It Open, Rope It Open 2, and for the last two, you have no excuse, because I'm going to be putting links up yeah. on the uh, 
on our homepage. Yeah. And the other one's on UK Netflix. And I think it might even be on more Netflixes. I haven't, I haven't checked. But Tell you what. Let me find out. I can find out yeah. via the magic of it, iPad. It's a classic and readily available. Uh, one moment, please, Cola. Oh, you're going to entertain us with a musical interlude. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, I have no musical instruments with me. No, come on. Harold and Moore, not Harold and Kumar. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine if you'd watched that? We were reviewing two completely different movies. <laughs> Harold and Moore go to White Castle. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 UK and Ireland are the only oh, really? Netflixes that have it at the moment. Oh, anyway. So if you've seen any of these things, yeah. you can let us know on Twitter at HYS Podcast. Facebook is facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net and the email address is podcast at have you seen.net. We say it every time, but we have a YouTube channel that we do not use. <laughs> YouTube.com slash HYS Podcast, where you can find short videos uh, where we pitch to you movies that we've both seen and we're not going to cover on this show. Mm. Uh, and the epic that was episode 100. Yes. Um, you can have episode 100 in audio form by downloading it from your favourite podcasting establishment. But if you want to see us in the flesh making fuck-ups live on YouTube, it's all archived there. Yeah. We like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly if new show posts. We like retweets on Twitter, again, especially if new show tweets. We like reviews and ratings on iTunes. And we love your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff that we've covered. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everybody for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into the Submersible. Thank you to Rob's Submersible Manager for managing the Submersible, even though he's on holiday this week. Yeah. So I don't know who's managing the Submersible. I know I hoovered it. Yeah. Um, Beautifully, by the way. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Alexia Marm for his technical expertise. Mm. And thank you to no, no, no color. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thank you to Nicola, the social media manager, for managing the social media. We will be back as soon as is humanly possible, mm. um, talking about Harold and Maud and two lots of rope dope Yep. Um, that must be it. Then. And I get yeah, I I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't think so. No, you done plugs. Thanks. Yep. We know what we're watching. All right. I think we're done. Okay, let's call it a day before I remember anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>